Hey, today I bring you Eduardo Teta Rios, who is an extremely accomplished Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu uh, practitioner. Uh, he's also a coach of grappling and MMA, a surfer, a philosopher, and a loving dad. Like me, he lives here in Norway with the love of his life and his family, so I was lucky enough to sit with him in person in the new training center that Frontline Academy have in Hasle here in Oslo. Uh, we get into his life with jiu-jitsu and he gives some great insights into the sport as well as providing insights into being humbled and, and the humbling nature of martial arts. Uh, one thing I should slot in here for anyone listening that's not familiar with jiu-jitsu is the Gracie family uh, that are known and revered all over the world by pretty much every single Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner. Uh, they are a family uh, that, that are incredible ambassadors and influencers towards the sport uh, and continue to be. And was, as you'll see, Eduardo is closely connected to them through his coach and mentor, uh, Ricardo Laborio. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. Before I set you off on it, I just wanted to take a second to thank each and every one of you that, that encourages me or gives me feedback about the conversations I'm having. I know that I'm inconsistent and that is a disastrous move if you want to build a big audience. Uh, I have got a back catalogue for those of you who are new to this and I encourage you to check them out there. I loved having those conversations uh, and so I hope you enjoy them too. I'm working on ways to be more consistent um, but I'm also trying to be kind to myself here. Uh, it's been a difficult few months to be honest. I've been injured for quite a long time and not able to train properly uh, in anything athletic which drives me crazy. It drives me up the wall and negatively affects me in, in a lot of aspects of life. So uh, I, I, I'm being positive and I am still upbeat uh, and I really appreciate the support and, and uh, really appreciate the fact that you sit and engage with the conversations. I loved having them and I uh, do enjoy sharing them too. So with all that said, no further ado, I give you Eduardo Teta Rios. Hi, you're listening to Wimbledon, hosted by me, Nick Ray. Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I am here in Frontline Academy in Hasle. We're recording off-site, in person. It's, uh, it's very cool to be in person again and not just always on the end of a computer line. Eduardo, I'm going to pause it you. Can I call you Tata? Yeah, cool? definitely. Yeah, it no seems problem. to be what everyone yeah. calls you here. It's a bit of a local legend. <laughs> uh, if I pause it over to you, can you just uh, introduce yourself a little bit? Tell us a bit about your journey, how you ended up where you are now today. Oh, how I ended, ended up here, okay, my journey. So I was born and raised in Brazil, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, you know, in Barra da Tijuca. So when I grew up, like I, like I often say, say like, it, like, Things that I took it for granted, right? Because I would open the door of my house, it would be jujitsu everywhere. You know, we have like a, uh, the, some of the Gracie families living in my neighborhood, right? It's the neighborhood that uh, Gracie Baja was founded. So basically, growing up, uh, the local heroes were like Ralph Gracie, Renzo Gracie, Ryan Gracie, local heroes, right? The, the, so the grown up guys that were around there. And my grandfather was a huge fan of the of the, the Helio Gracie, Mr. Helio Gracie, you know, like all oh, these Gracie guys that were like, because he comes from that same timeline where the Gracie family was uh, was very famous and they had a lot of business. My grandfather had some a couple of uh, jiu-jitsu classes, but he could never train properly because of he was working a lot, right? And he had some business together with, with some Gracies and so on and so forth. So he used to look up to the Gracies a lot, you know, they are brave men, they take care of their healthy people. And... I, that's what I remember since I was a kid. My, my grandfather talking 
very highly speaking very highly about the the graces you know and that was that that time that karate was kind of popular and like you were like have to see what the gracie guys did with the karate people you know and then he was watching them fights and things like that so my uncle used to train bjj and that's basically it was my first contact and my my first contact with martial arts of course as a kid i tried different things try some I started with judo and then capoeira and then some a little bit of karate and some taekwondo and boxing, kickboxing. But I was very young, and jiu-jitsu was something part of it. I started like as a kid and uh, going to like summer courses or whatever. And most, a lot of my friends were training jiu-jitsu and the guys that I was looking up to you, like because I grew up also surfing, so all the guys surfing there they're also training jiu-jitsu and black belts. So was jiu-jitsu everywhere? Like I would be with my friends and we'd be grappling a little bit and like. There was this thing like, what, what, I, I do jiu-jitsu, what you do? I do taekwondo, okay, let, let's try, come on, let, let's, <laughs> let's give it a try. You know, j- just as kids, playing as kids, that's how it was. And I know a lot of people that actually sweet changed, like the, the, the martial arts, just to train jiu-jitsu. And we were like yellow belts, it is like look, thinking back, you know, yeah. we were just yellow belts and things like that, playing like that, you know, that, that was the game, basically, you know. But jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu didn't get that serious uh, as it is, before I met Ricardo Libori, my, 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 my instructor, my, my teacher that promoted me to, brought, brought me to the black belt, right? So I trained with a lot of people back in Rio that a lot of people like, especially my neighborhood that had like a gyms and, and like I trained a little bit at Gracie Bar with some, some first kids uh, training there. Uh, trained with Pitoco, one guy that's there to this day. I was there in Brazil living this... Uh, Visiting Brazil this Easter and actually trained one of the first guys that taught me jiu-jitsu, you know, Pitoco. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, Jordan, he's, take, he's taking care of uh, Gordo's Academy there in Rio. He has a huge, beautiful academy there. So I still go back there and train the people that, you know, taught my first steps in jiu-jitsu. Uh, so it got really serious when I met Libor, man. And, and just long story short, that was a guy that really inspired me to, to, to do better. To, to believe in myself a little bit more and and it is what it is today because basically because of me to this day I'm, I'm proud to say that everything that I do here everything that I do in my jiu-jitsu journey most of the things everything that I do is to honor and to represent him mm-hmm. and you know if I, that's a person that I would like to live forever you know and like that lies as I said you know I was just talking to to unfortunately there's a, a friend of mine in Sweden that's that's quite sick and one thing that I told him is the same thing that I talk about my teacher, right? Because I had this old saying that say that people die two times. The day that you stop breathing and the day that people say your name the last time, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I'm going to make sure that these people that, you know, special people that I met in my life, they're going to make sure that people are going to be saying their name for a long time to this day, to a long time now, to generations if it's possible. Right? Legacy, so, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, so that, that's yeah. what I'm looking for. When you look at martial arts, it is really an art that is constantly developing. You're constantly learning. And even when you see the, the, the top guys here and, and girls doing their mm. thing, they're still learning and they're still developing because everything has a, a, a motion and a, a reaction. You know, there's always a way of escaping or of putting in an attack. Or of, and that constant learning, I think, is, is why it's an art form. I don't know if you agree on that. I do, I agree 100%. Called, I find that really interesting because it's very different from a lot of other sports because a lot of other sports, it's like you sort of reach the pinnacle and yes, you can train to that pinnacle, but you 
you've pretty much not got mm. you know you, you, your skills begin to degrade over time then as you age but with jiu-jitsu it just seems and maybe other martial arts as well it's like you can constantly evolve in different ways and you can evolve with your body and as you age you can still learn mm -hmm. definitely and for more like corny or tacky that's you know you can't do jiu-jitsu even just being watching the match you know jiu-jitsu mm -hmm. in your mind mm -hmm. you know so like something like I see myself if I get old one day and I see myself stepping on the mat, put on, putting on my gear, watching the people and talking to them about the techniques and trying to learn a little bit, even if maybe I cannot perform that movie, but that move that people are doing and like uh, being there just like, and it's not only about that, right? It's about, of course, the, the whole lifestyle. That, that's what I'm trying to, to, to bring. For example, like one, I don't know if I'm getting out of the line here, but when everything everything started after covid and i was start to go to seminars again you know and even during covid people i had a couple of uh, talking to a couple of podcasts and people ask ah, it's that uh, people have been f missing so much bjj P people miss jiu jitsu so much right it, people get depressed and they get sad because they're missing jiu jitsu mm. and what what do you think about it and i say like uh, i thought about it and i think like to be honest People don't miss jiu-jitsu because in the end of the day, everybody's doing some kind of jiu-jitsu. Everybody have a group of friends that are training. So what you miss is this community that we build here, mm -hmm. right? To have be on the mat and have everybody together. And we learn it together. We're struggling together, right? And you have that group that have a same goal in the day to have fun, to learn, to, to, to develop themselves and have someone leading the group and so on and so forth. So if you finish sad... I try to see my point. If you finish sad or depressed, jiu-jitsu is not a problem. No. Jiu-jitsu shouldn't be a problem. Jiu-jitsu should be the, there's the solution for everything, mm. right? Jiu-jitsu is what made me ready to go through these two years or whatever it takes, took for, you know, things to go back to normal, yeah. right? So jiu-jitsu, if there's a pandemic again, now we open doors, a pandemic again, we should be ready to go through that. Same way that you're ready to, again, escape from a choke or whatever. You're yeah. there, you, you're tired, and you're learning something. There's no way out, and you, and you have to hang in there. And you have to learn. And if you tap, you get up again, and you, you keep going. Yeah. You know? And these, 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 like, corny things that are actually true. Well, I don't think it's corny at all, personally. I think, you know, we, I have actually talked quite a bit about mental health as well alongside kind of winning because yeah. a lot of people I mean my theme of the, the podcast is win building and people nice. get a little bit obsessed on the kind of like mm -hmm. win factor it's like well then there has to be a loser and people obsess on winning and you know obsessive parents pushing their kids and this is trying to be something better for yourself helps you be mentally more healthy Definitely. And, and that development that pushing yourself outside your comfort zone is as far as I'm concerned is like key to pushing your mind to being Definitely. healthy you've got to work on it it's got to be something that you can't just sit still and it happens it's got to be something you work at and and challenge yourself with and I think everyone I've seen and exactly like you've just said it's like you know you see people here uh, in the in the you know mm -hmm. in the training mat pushing themselves and being uncomfortable and I think it's fascinating you know because it's we sort of I come here I, I joke with my wife I come here to hug grown men for That's you know it. like That's an hour and a half uh, it's not really hugging but the fact that we're doing something together having uh, you know it is quite a learning moment together and it is special you know and I think every interaction you have it's not like you're building some 
amazing bond with everyone you spar with or anything but you're building a you know part of something that's bigger than yourself you're building in this community and you're playing a part in that community whilst you also benefit from it yourself that's it and i still feel the same way to this day yeah. every time i'm on the mat that's beautiful i still feel yeah. the same way to this day right and talk about winning 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 but if you never taste any defeat yeah the winning doesn't taste the same way <laughs> right and we, we man we, we we're born losing. We're born losing. We're born because you lose. You die because the clock is ticking already. The day that you're born, yeah. that you that you're born, right? You need to get used to it. You lose every day. Every day, small loss. Every day, the car doesn't work. It does a flat tire. You miss the train. What you're gonna do? You're gonna stress about it, or you're gonna, you know, move yeah. forward. Yeah, yeah. It's small things. That's small things that makes you get used to it, right? And you can do the adjustments, and you and you're gonna meet something. It doesn't matter how many adjustments you make on the mats. I mean, the, how many adjustments you make, that's going to be the, that day everybody's going to lose on the mat. Everybody. doesn't matter. You can be the top of the world. And if you're getting ready for a tournament, you put yourself in these uncomfortable situations outside of a comfort zone or whatever you call, right? And you're going to be losing and losing and losing and losing. That's what matters the day there that you're performing. Mm -hmm. And let's yeah. say that we fight as a tournament, right? And if there's 100 people in my brackets, on, on, on my weight class, let's say that, right? The rules that everybody's gonna lose. <laughs> one, only one. The winner is the exception. Only one. one you know what I mean? Everybody will ever want to be the winner. Want to be the winner is being the winner is the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then through this journey of competing and all of these and like, you know, I started to notice that the winner and the loser they're in the same position that day. Mm -hmm. What matters is what you do next. The, the loser too. If you just feel sorry for yourself, you don't work on it, you don't get going, you know. So we were, like I start to understand if I win or if I lose, I'm on the same position. Yeah. Right. You understand this? Yeah, it's yeah, part yeah. of the game. You have to keep going. Read this quote. Quote. I forgot. Was I think it was a French lady, if I'm not wrong. I forgot her name. But she says that if you live long enough, you're gonna see that every victory is gonna turn to a defeat. Maybe because I was never like a very. Maybe if I was very, very like a kind of competitor that would sacrifice everything for the win. But I don't think I ever been that kind of competitor that would sacrifice everything, right? I wouldn't sacrifice. I sacrificed a little bit on my on my body in a way, but but not as much as most of the people that I know. They're in the competing, like like. And I think that's one of the things that I've been competing for so long in a way that I, I never sacrificed that much. You, you, you do some sacrifice, but you know what I mean to get to that crazy. Like that guy that performs crazy for one or two seasons and then he's done. Yeah. You know, I never yeah. wanted to be that guy. But I guess as well, that becomes part of then the strategy of how do you build, if you're a career fighter mm. or a career, you know, artist or whatever it is, it's, it's then the longevity of your career right. also matters. And that's part of the strategy for then like the win is not necessarily all the, 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 the season. It's, it's how, how long exactly. do you keep this going for? You know? Th that was kind of like, and, and in not so long ago, right? It was not as it is today, right? I, when I started, it was nothing. It was a, it was, I seen with like from like a bad perspective in a way to be a jiu-jitsu fighter. There was no money. There was no glory. There's no nothing. You know, you yeah. were fighting because of love. Yeah. And if you see anybody, no, no, nobody started anything. As you start, you want to be the world champion, want to be the best of the world. Yeah. Very, very yeah. rare, very seldom, you know. You start and you stay because you love that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, and I guess you guys, uh, as you said, you were very young. I think you said seven or even six. You were yeah, sort of doing judo mm, and, and jujitsu. Yeah. That immersion, because if your whole life is surrounded by these legends of jujitsu and mm. everybody is aware of it and things, that's a, as you said, it's a lifestyle as well. Um, I'm interested to know uh, sort of when the transition into competition was that with uh, Ricardo Le- Libero? No, I've been competing before. Libero, his name. Sorry. But I mean, I was competing before and everything. But competing was very much fun. You know, all my friends yeah. were there, and you competing judo here, and you competing jiu-jitsu there, and, and you go to the competition. And my 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 mother, my my parents, they were always like, "Yeah, go there. Let's go. Let's get going. You need to keep this kid busy. You know, let's get out of here. Just go do this something and." And that was it, meeting the friends and going to compete. I didn't care about winning or losing in the beginning. Yeah. Didn't know what I was doing, almost there. But it was fun. I was going there and that, that was it, you know. So it then gets to, got to a point that I said, okay, I think the shift when I'm at Libor, I say, okay, I can do better than that. You know, I, I can focus a little bit. I can make a plan. I can make a strategy and mm-hmm. I can keep going. And I, you know, he made me believe in myself a little bit more, you know, like this self-confidence and get some kind of self-discipline. Mm to get things going so would you say because I, I, I find it also interesting with jiu-jitsu there's, uh, they talk about lineage or, or the, the, yeah. the, you know, the, the, the sort of the history and the legacy of uh, Ricardo Libero, Libero yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and others and I think it's interesting because people hold these people in very high esteem rightfully so because they've dedicated their lives to this, this uh, art form and you're one of those people actually funnily enough when I came along I heard about this teta, this teta that, and there's this kind of like, and I, I'm like, I have no idea who that is, you know, and I'm, I mean, I'm trying to learn Norwegian <laughs> at the same time, so I'm kind of like three steps behind everyone anyway, because I'm sort of learning Norwegian and trying to learn a new sport on Jiu-Jitsu, and then there's this teta guy, and I'm like, I have no idea, I haven't got time <laughs> to work out who the legend is, <laughs> I just there's need no to learn how to here, stop like... this guy's choking me, but, um, but, but, but I'm interested because that, whether you like it or not, you're maybe becoming that. Maybe you're humble and saying, no, 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 I can see you shaking your head. Because, uh, but, but with the work you're doing and the way in which you've helped promote the sport and helped, especially here in, in Norway, you're, you've played a big part, not the only role, of course, but a big part in helping promote this sport and, mm-hmm. and promoting uh, the, the, the camp sport, the fight yeah. sports gym more generally. I think you, you have a right to be very proud of what you've done. And if you continue it, which is up to you, of course, then you, in my opinion, you very much should end up in that kind of realm of like... I'm proud of the people that I have around me. That's Without them, I wouldn't be anything, you know, like like to have met, for example, like how I didn't end up here, like you said, right? I never wanted to leave Brazil. I didn't have to go from Brazil, you know? Libor had moved to America and I never wanted to move from from Brazil to America. I was never attracted to go to USA to live there, you know? I grew up always traveling a lot. I traveled for tournaments and seminars and surfing trips and so on and so forth. And I competed a little bit in surfing when I was very young. And anyway, so I was always traveling a lot and I loved my life in Rio. Living two blocks from the beach, you know? All my friends were there. I trained Jiu-Jitsu. I was teaching at the Brazilian top team at the time. That was the team that, uh, that I split from Carson. I was uh, training with Murilo Bustamante. That's another that was always following me. That's one of Libor's best friends. You know, like if I say the names here, the people don't know, like, but like these guys, they're the guys that really, really was, they give their blood for the sport, you know, yeah, because yeah, that was yeah. actually really no, no, not much money, not much, 
no money at all, not 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 even something to look forward to mm. in a way mm. at that time, mm. right? And they really, they they really got the credit from what the sport is today, yeah. for the sport is today. So I came here, and I came here to visit Hanat, one of my best friends. He grew up with me as well, training, is one of the black belts here. So he moved here in 2005. 2006, I came to the Europeans in Portugal. And I met him, and I went to a couple of seminars in England, in France, someplace. So I came here to visit him. And of course, there's a girl involved. I met my girl that year, right, at that time. And she was already training, and like she was a blue belt here in the gym. And we're together to this day. I have two kids and all of that. 16 years together yeah. in two kids. And I came here. I met the guys in the academy. So he said co-founder of Frontline Academy. Frontline Academy had some months already when I came here first. And I was, so it's kind of two stories, histories that got together. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. there was a couple of guys there that wanted to keep doing a serious job with BJJ. And they were like amazing. But the highest belt there in the gym was a brown belt, was Trun Saxonvik. Right, right, right. Right? And that was the highest belt in Norway. So Trun, I promoted Trun to the black belt after some time working with him, and he's the first Norwegian black belt. So he's under me, he's under Frontline Academy. And my girl, for example, she's the first Scandinavian female black belt. You know? Awesome. And like I said, tell to these guys here, like she was, she was a world champion in 2005. She was there back in Brazil, there competing. And I came here, saw her fighting the guys' division because there was not enough girls to compete with, you yeah, know? Yeah, so yeah. these people, they are the guys, people that carried the name. If it wasn't for these people, I haven't met these people, what would be the point? Yeah. So I came here, and then I was supposed to be here for two months. I stayed here for almost three or something. For two weeks, I was here for almost three months or something like that. I don't even remember. So, of course, getting to know my girl, I got to know Tron, Morton, Nick, uh, training with them every time, every day, you know, a lot of things happen. But basically the process is that we became friends first, they became my students, yeah. and then they offered me the partnership yeah. in the company, right, to work together. So we were kind of working together, but nothing, nothing very like a formal in paper and things like that, you know, yeah, yeah, just yeah, after yeah, some yeah. time that you were already working together. So now then I became came into the partnership of the company. Yeah. Right? So if it wasn't for these guys to keep the jiu-jitsu alive at that time, right? If it wasn't for these guys to, you know, to open the doors for me and to, to help me being here, I think, it, to be honest, I, I even tell this to my girl, if it was only my girl, I don't think I would have moved. And if it was only jiu-jitsu, I don't think I would have moved. Yeah, yeah. Right? And it was something that, a place that I grew up and listening to people saying that you have to spread the word of jiu-jitsu, you have to spread this, you have to make it bigger and everybody needs to know what it is about and so and so forth. Yeah. So maybe it was a chance. That's what caught me a little bit more. You know, there was a chance to do something, to add something. Yeah. To of course I could help my my teacher Libardo there, but he was he had a lot of good guys around him already. You know, in a way. Yeah. Uh, I would love to help him in, in everything I do. I, I like to, I love to bring him here. I love, I love to help him as much as I can. But I felt that maybe it was something to find my way to spread even his. Yeah. word in a way yeah. you know his lineage his legacy to keep spreading it so I felt that it was a place that I could actually add something that I could actually help everybody I could build, help them to build up something yeah. in a way 
I, mm-hmm. I think you have. I mean, that's why I was. That's what I meant. I, I didn't mean you did it. Absolutely not. Yeah, I, I understand. I think what you, I, mean. you had a you had a great. Um, but through the lineage, you understand that that you know, like there is a. I'm I'm the highest. So basically, if you see the lineage, everybody from Atlanta Academy, they are under me. Yeah. So yeah, if yeah. the lineage and everybody that's under me is under Libor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody that's under Libor is under Carson. So that's the lineage that you follow, right? Yeah. So if you go to, and basically all the Frontline Academies are Black Belts direct under me. Yeah. So it's Arina and Christian in, Lure, in Lurebrew, Fivion in Bergen, Jason in Vos, uh, uh, Andre in Poland. So they're all my Black Belts. Nick in Drummond, right? So they're all my Black Belts. They are direct Black Belts under me. But people don't, nobody bought a Frontline Academy franchising. Yeah. You know, people want, but we try to keep it as, more, as long as you can. We're going to try to keep it like this, you know? So, yeah. So in every gym, in every room, I walk inside and I can, I can understand that that's the lineage. So I want people to understand that one day that Libor walks inside there. They, I want them to feel like this is the guy. That's where their jiu came from yeah, as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, I mean, I think that's very clear as well when you, in the Meyerstuen, which is the other <laughs> yeah. the one, there's lots of lovely pictures there, obviously, when he visited at some point, yeah. um, which, is, which is great. And I, I didn't, yeah, I, I definitely understand that. But I think part of the lineage and part of the the pride it, this journey like you keep saying it's a journey the jiu-jitsu and it's interesting because you're in this journey which is a very unusual unique journey right mm-hmm. i mean it's you've moved from brazil and rio to norway, norway. <laughs> i mean i've been in rio de janeiro right i loved it it's very different from online <laughs> but that's what caught me you know that's what caught me the difference that caught me I think yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's what made me interesting, interested about this place yeah. to move to a place that's like real but it's not real for example I miss Brazil more in the summer than in the winter Yeah, because yeah, yeah. the summer kind of reminds me of it but it's not summer like I used to have summer <laughs> in back home you go to the beach but you don't go to the beach like the beach that I had down there you know yeah. when it's winter it's cold it's snow it's a different world yeah. you have to enjoy it you have to embrace it you have to, to, to be part of it you know you have to learn everything this learning process as well yeah. right you have to learn how to deal with the snow how to deal with the cold how to dress how to walk how to behave in every aspect of the daily life well, you and I have a lot in common there because we both have Norwegian wives. Yeah, and, uh, right. I'm not sure if you're married, but Norwegian women, and uh, we both have two kids around the same age yeah. as well. So uh, we have to learn all of the um, little things that go alongside that in Norway. A lot of cultural, um, well, a lot of I think there's a lot of cultural trips I could I could be falling over if I wasn't careful. So uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, dressing your kid in winter turns out is a big deal because uh, you can kill them if yeah. you're not careful. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty Some obvious pretty, when you walk yeah. outside, but it's not obvious when you're sitting warm inside. That's what, definitely. I feel you, man. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I feel you. But th- that's what caught me, you know. And it, again, I have to be humble enough to. Okay, I don't know. Let me learn. Step step one. I'm learning yeah. with them, and in a way, like I don't know if you feel like this, but my kids are Norwegians. They're yeah. Norwegians. What what kind of they live here? That's it. And yeah. I'm proud of it. I'm proud of Norway. Proud of living in Norway. I'm proud of them being Norwegian. The the connection they have with Brazil is basically me, my friends, and my family, right? But they don't live there. They don't. They don't. They're not gonna leave the traditions that we have there. That yeah. I had there in a way. You know, it's too far away. It's too too different. Too like they learn the language. They learn in Portuguese, and they, yeah. they, they I try to bring them as there as often as I can. But they're Norwegians, and I love it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I feel. I feel the same. I mean, I, I, I really do love it here. I've lived in um, 10 countries now and Oof. I've kind of moved all over the world a bunch of different times and um, been very fortunate with that. And I, and I really feel like this is a, a special place. It it's, is. It, there's something 
but well, there's a lot of things that are quite unique about Norway. And um, actually, I'm making a separate video about yeah. that. I, I, I really, I <laughs> we do, can talk I, this point yeah. of view from a foreigner living in Norway, right? It could be nice. <laughs> Any Norwegians listening, they will love hearing it. Yeah. Like one funny thing I've learned about Norwegians is they do love to hear positive stuff about their countries. Because <laughs> they keep complaining about the, comp the country and I don't understand why. They're like, they, why are you complaining they, about it? They complain. They complain they about it, like yeah. Hearing, they, like they don't know where it is outside of it. <laughs> No, but um, so I wanted to kind of push you on uh, something with with um, humble against hungry. So I feel like a lot of the a lot of the way in which this sport and fight sports generally play out, there's this real humble nature you have to learn to. I mean, when you go training in a gym like here, one of the surprises a lot of people I'm sure get, and mm. I I kind of was old enough to work out that I wasn't going to need to be macho and like intimidated so much because. I am happy to say I'm clueless now. I'm old enough and ugly enough to say I'm clueless. <laughs> Teach me, please. But uh, but I think for a lot of younger men, especially when they come in, maybe they, they fear that they're going to be, you know, intimidated or it's going to be an intimidating atmosphere. And that is not the case at all. And I, I'm sure mm. you work very hard with the team to make sure it's not that Definitely. like that. And but but the way the sport is and the way in fact all the others even the boxing and the kickboxing and stuff you know there's a lot of respect it's it's very much you know you obviously defer to the expertise of the teacher so you listen you wait and you're safe in in the way you train and so that humbleness that comes around that and obviously the intense training that goes into someone you've got um, Jack Hamanson over, mm -hmm. <laughs> over your shoulder here and I know you spend a lot of time with that. I wanted to sort of ask you about him as well but like all of the, the, the high level competitors who are going and you know going and beat the shit out of each other in, in octagons and stuff and they're like really like intensely violent sports sometimes but when they're training they're super nice people they're like teddy bears sometimes <laughs> in a way I'm interested to know that kind of like humble nature in the way I've experienced it versus hungry, winning intensity and, and how, how that balance happens. And I know you've competed at the high levels in jiu-jitsu especially, and jiu-jitsu isn't an intensely violent sport in the same way. You're not getting uh, uh, beaten no up, strikes, like, uh, no strikes, uh, but it is pretty it's intense. Pretty intense, yeah, it's pretty intense. <laughs> So I'm just interested to know your thoughts around that. Like, how does that balance happen at the higher levels? And, and what, like, yeah, what, how do you train people for that? And how do you train yourself for that? I think that, I, let's say, let, maybe it's my viewpoint, you know, like, growing up in the sport and in a competitive team, you know, this intensity most of the time is not sustainable. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And you get humbled all the time in training. And you understand how to go through training to a goal, right? Understand that once you understand that's okay, that's a lifelong journey. That's something that's always evolved, as you said, right? So, like, again, what you hear over and over again, consistency is important. Consistency is very important. Yeah. Consistency is the key. That's what it is. So, you should be, I think that you, sh you should be, like, making a plan and understanding what, what you want, where you want to get. Like, just show up. Just show up is just like, that's not enough. You have to show up with the purpose, you know. You have to know what, what you want. So maybe you want to get better from on your stand-up. So you, you go to a judo club and a wrestling club and you try to implement this in your training, in your game. You're building up a game, right? Um, you, you're looking for these challenges, mm -hmm. like as you said, that you can look for these challenges in the tournaments or you can look for these challenges like, like I tell the guys, train the competition team and whatever, you know, 
We find a problem for every solution, a solution for every problem. Like this, my head is crazy. I just can't stop thinking about jiu-jitsu all the time. It, it's a, a living hell in my head of, of jiu-jitsu, and I, and I love it. And, for example, I tell my guys, like, there's something that someone is doing is working all the time. I tell them if people cannot figure this out, just teach them how to break this game off. Mm-hmm. Teach them and make it harder for you. You know what I mean? And that, that's how I've been working because that's, that's, how, that, that's my, my personal experience, usually. Every time that I had a game that I was working, sooner or later I was going to stop working because it wasn't a big team as well, right? There was a lot of people, a lot of experienced guys. Mm. So there was a game that was working, they would figure that out. Mm. So I started like, to get a little bit better and then if they didn't figure that out, I'll say, oh, let, let me show them. That, that's what I'm doing. Try to do like this and like that mm-hmm. and, and try to make, teach them, show them like working together, like I'm always training the guy to beat me, almost. Mm-hmm. Because then I have to implement my game or I have to put one more move there or one more situation or, or I have to make that better, mm-hmm. you know? So th- that's how it worked for me. And that's how I try to put into my boys here and boys and girls here that, I, that I train and competing. Mm-hmm. So, and I try to see more like a broader view of the game in a way, right? Of course, if you're going to train for the world and you have this game that's working and you're going to play with that, Right, and we're gonna play in the, the circumstances there. That's one. That's where you want to bring the fight, mm-hmm. right? So, but if you like talking about learning jiu-jitsu and training jiu-jitsu, I try to put them on these on these places all the time, right? But it's constantly evolving, right? Definitely so evolving on an individual level, but evolving as a team as well, and mm-hmm. evolving mm-hmm. as a sport. Right? So mm-hmm. you've got like multiple levels, and I, I saw that with uh, with the touch rugby I was playing. You know, people. Would, work out a new defense you know and it would be like a, a really clever different way in which people were doing it they'd send one person differently and it would be a different angle and suddenly yeah. like attacking that would like it would be really uncomfortable and you'd be like well, <laughs> why is it not out. working but then after a while you're like okay i can counteract it by doing this and then you, you mm-hmm. know and the, the sport really did evolve like that and um i found that interesting because a lot of the time the best teams would not would train secretly their new way of doing something but wouldn't do it until the grand final of the competition right. because then it was like now's the time we're going to bust out the new mm-hmm. thing that we've learned because the best team we're playing against <laughs> doesn't know this yet they haven't seen us do it through the competition That's but then once it's out in the open then the next season or the next That's competition it, it's it like, used to oh. be more like this before yeah. like you used to have that technique that you're just going to put and you want to pull it out and you don't want anybody to see it and you want to do it quick and like <laughs> but now people just they want to they figure out something new they just start to put it out there everybody yeah. has to know that, yeah. which is fine you know just different times for for jiu-jitsu but it's good because it has to keep you keep myself being doing this for so many years it's so much easier to say now that i've been doing this for too long i know mm. i don't know mm. i'm still working i'm still i as i said to, the, to everybody in the class say the day that you think that you figure this out is the beginning of the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. You have to keep yeah. working. You have to keep working. And you have to come back tomorrow. And one thing that's, that I tried to pass to the kids because one thing that Libori gave to me, he, he didn't only taught me jiu-jitsu. He taught me how to learn jiu-jitsu in a way. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm trying to pass to most of the guys. Mm-hmm. In a way that to make them look for these situations that I love to see them getting together and talk about techniques and I just listen I go there and I give some tips and I listen I'm working with them you know get to a point and say okay you're going to do this and this and that yes sir they act that's yeah, what it yeah, is yeah, just yeah, give yeah. them a mission and, and that's what they're going to do well probably at that level though it's also they're trusting you as the coach to know 
right? We're mm-hmm. working these because of either a weakness here or a potential strength against the competitor that you're going in against. I imagine yeah. when you get to that level of, of competition, you're focusing your training and efforts around specific tasks and skills, mm-hmm. right? I, w- I would guess. Um, okay, so values let's talk about values because you you've I, I heard you talk a bit i've done a lot of homework i listened to your voice nearly all day so i wouldn't tell my boss that <laughs> whilst i was working very hard for my other job uh but uh but uh values is something interesting because you talked about valuing a win and valuing like you said there's there's silver and bronze medals that mm. you value more than gold medals and because of the well yeah looking back I, like i was saying that uh, looking back in my career like uh I value there's I look at some silver and, and, and bronze medals that I value more than some gold medals, you know. Yeah. Maybe it was harder fights or I had something, some problem outside, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. many times you many times man, life catches up with everybody. That's how it is, you know. You, you like you're just gonna be in your life, it's part of your life, it's your lifestyle and things like that. But mm. life goes on. How long are you gonna be fighting? You know, how long? Like, even if you're fighting, how long are you gonna be the, the toughest guy out there? Mm-hmm. How long are you gonna think gonna if you can handle it? You know, and you don't want to be that guy. You want people to come, especially in a position of a of instructor or teacher or whatever. Call you want people to get better, to get good. Yeah. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. you want. You know what I mean? And, and not not for free. I want them to work. You know, <laughs> and I, I'm not I'm not gonna say that anybody's better than me if they're not. Yeah. I want them to work. We're going to work together. Then they get better than me, then I get better than them, and then they get better than me. Basically, like my internal thing, in a way, like my ego saying that, okay, you got a little bit better, come back to catch you, you know, <laughs> in a way. But it does. it's not sustainable. You have to, you have to understand that, yeah. you know, it's much more than that. And life gets up. So maybe that's that silver medal that, you know, I fought harder to get the silver medal because of external problems or because of that day or yeah. because... It's days and days in the tournament, you know. Some days it's harder harder than the others. But also there's something, I think you talked a bit about this separately as well, but there's something special about the way competitions run and and coming together as a team to execute something, right? And so I can imagine it doesn't really matter necessarily the end result if if you've had some life experience that was unique or special in that moment uh, or in your life there was something happening. For example, now we're training for, we train, I said, okay, let's try to organize a team to go to the Swedish Open in November, right? And trying to say everybody okay let's go back because people are a little bit like after covid people some people want to compete here compete there but I'm, okay so now this year we're gonna go everybody as a team we're gonna organize a team we're gonna set up the guys in the right divisions and blah 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 like you organize to win the tournament as a team mm. right because this is also something like cultural for me because carson carson grace in my funny story carson grace in my my teacher teachers right the Boris teacher and I got the, the opportunity to, to train in his academy, to be in some class with him, to, to, to hang out with him sometimes. But anyway, we're in the tournament. That was a problem at the time, if I'm not wrong. So the tournaments before, there was no schedule. You couldn't see the brackets. You would start, you had to get there in the morning. When they call it to fight, you would fight. So I remember, like, it was a mess. So I remember it was late at night. And I was going to the final of the open class in the purple belt, you know. And then I see the body in Carson just call me, calling me back. Let's go, let's go. Just give the medal to the boy there. Let, let, let him let him have the medal. I said, but Car- Carson, gonna I'm gonna fight the final soon. Ah, they don't know. It's very late to be here the whole day. Let's go home. We're done. No, but Carson, gonna win. I said, so we had a paper. So he was counting the points of everybody in the in the tournament, right? So he said, we won as a team already. If he has a gold medal, nobody's gonna. We won as a team. So it doesn't matter. This man, let's go. Let's go rest. 
have to go to school tomorrow. You know? So what mattered for him was to win as a team. That's great. You know what yeah, I mean? I love that. So I was telling the guys, like, we're getting together. So, okay, let's, let's set a goal. We're going to go as a team to the Swedish Open. It's a fun tournament. It's just here, like, a couple of hours driving. The guys organized an awesome guy, Martin Janssen. It's a nice tournament. Everybody's, everything's organized. Super nice. Super good experience. Let's go, everybody there. And what I told them, like, people see that people get a little bit nervous. Say, like, guys, you can, you, I cannot promise you victory. I cannot pr- promise you success. I promise you work. Mm. I can't mm. promise you success, right? We don't know what our opponents are doing. We don't know how they're going to get there, how they're preparing. So we know what we can do. You know, you know that you can sleep better. You know that you can eat better. You know that you train a little bit better. You know, yeah. you know that you can avoid everything that's going to stop your consistency, which can be like a, a, a night party. Maybe you know that you're sacrificing maybe a couple of days of good training or like a bad, poor diet or, 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 you know, an injury or something, you know. Mm-hmm. So just to get something going as a group, you know it. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then looking for this goal of the, the Swedish Open, and after Swedish Open comes Europeans, so everybody's on this rhythm already, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you keep getting back with these as a team, as you said. Well, that's exciting. I think. Mm. Well, I mean, as far as I understand it, Frontline already has a pretty good reputation across Europe. Yeah, we so, win that uh, tournament all every year. We win that tournament. I think you lost the cup last year, last tournament they had. I think you lost because we didn't have so many, as many people there. But let's try to get get it back this year. Yeah, and of right. course, people are getting better around there. You know, the, everything is getting better. You know, uh, and like that, that that that's what it is. You know, if we get better, they get better. So yeah, you need yeah, to get yeah. better, right? Yeah, the competition, yeah. like uh, I love it. Just bring it on. I love it. Let's work it. That's it. I I, I totally uh, understand that. I'm. Um I think I share that that competitive nature. Right, you don't you want to be like, the yeah. cat, the, the lion among the cats, right? <laughs> yeah, I, li- to do that. I, I like to I like to win as well. I mean, I I, um, I like to apply myself and and have something you know resemble success at least. Uh, I'm, uh, I've definitely had that my whole life already. Yeah, <laughs> so right. I, I totally. But but for me, it gets to a point that's not only about the win, as we talked about before. It's that mm. process that get, gets you there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And you're looking for that. You're chasing that. If you don't win now, you have you're gonna go for the win the next time you're gonna go for back to the win tomorrow you know through the losses you're gonna get to the win it's also what you define as as the win i mean obviously in in a competition sense on an individual basis it's it's submitting the other person in Mm. jiu-jitsu i mean it's quite straightforward like you are getting enough points yeah yeah, yeah. to to win like showing the control and the dominance it's, it's quite like obvious whether you've won or lost in that yeah. in that moment but then obviously setting personal goals and like you've just said about you know the training can be a part of the win like mm. did i manage to be consistent did i manage to f- maintain a schedule of you know healthy living and, and not getting injured etc cetera, etc cetera. so all of those things can be considered wins as well and i, I I think where I'm at now in my life, and, and I don't know how you feel because we're similar ages. Yeah. You're a bit younger, but I'm going to bracket you in the similar age group. <laughs> That's like, good. Uh, there's, there's things where, you know, life has changed now and I don't have the same priorities I used to have. So now for me, sort of personal development is, is a definitely a different mm. meaning than it was before. I don't know if you feel like, I guess we talked very briefly about lives in life beforehand and I wanted to kind of put that concept to you. Like, like I've lived a lot of lives in my life in various different formats and you know now we're both dads and someone racing the bike <laughs> outside is probably going to come through on the podcast um, but but being dads and like that that's a very new life uh, it you is know, there's like a new stage in life which is magical but what talk to me about your lives in your life and if you think like about sometimes that. I think about it like, as you said you know like 
maybe because we come from a different country, a different background, and you know, I grew up many years in a different culture. Uh, and coming here and seeing how different it is, like. But one thing that I wanted from the beginning to you is to bring a little bit what I'm bringing from my culture into this academy is to bring a little bit of real into Norway, you know, into the mats, you know. So we put music and we joke and we throw shit at each other all the time, you know, in a healthy way, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So so we can be, as you said, try to strangle each other and things like that and you can throw shit at each other, talk a lot of shit to each other in a nice way and we're going to hug and we're going like, to break a laugh and at the same time, you're going to, you know, keep each other accountable and you're going to know that you, you know, I'm talking this through love. Mm-hmm. I can tell, guys, everything that I do here on the mat, right or wrong, you're going to make sure that it comes from a place of love. Mm-hmm. That, that's what it is because that's what it is for me too, for my teacher. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. So that's what you're looking for. And once you start thinking about what you lived before you came here, because like I basically, for example, I, I was already a black belt for some years, for like five years, six years almost. Before I came here, I was yes, competing. Like I, I had now, my, right? <laughs> uh, I had my, I had my my titles or my reputation in in, in in Brazil, like you know, surfing and training and teaching the big team and and all my friends there. And so then you come back, you almost have to start from zero, uh, and and also like you, I have my life that I lived and living this jiu-jitsu culture on the mat with the older guys or whatever. Right, you hear the stories that came. To from before, you know, so you almost like live their stories a little bit, you know, like, you know, for example, to be, you have to defend the match, someone come inside you, you have to fight them because they want to, there's a lot of funny stories about these things, you know, that you have to defend it and you have to, to get it done. But actually, like, thinking back was a lot of like things that maybe I've seen or that I've heard a lot. You know, but I mm. didn't actually live that yeah, that yeah, much yeah, in yeah, a way. Yeah, so it yeah. feels like you li- like you know what I mean. So, and I think that's it's natural. Everybody's gonna go through this. Imagine if you go go through this to life in this one f- freaking straight line. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. you need to go to the five phases of life, and especially becoming father or parent. Like, you know, like for me, once you become a father, everything makes sense. The wrong things that you did, the right things that you did. You know, people are going to become a father. Are you happy? I'm happy. I'm sad. I'm nervous. I'm scared. I'm brave. I'm everything. You know, you don't know what's going on. And it's a trip. It's a journey. It's a trip. It's like, just like you learn on the mat, you know, like it's so much the good that feels bad that feels so bad makes the good that feels so good. And the good that feels so good makes the bad feel so bad. Everything's so potentialized, you know. So if I'm here talking to you, if I'm here teaching on the mats, if I'm traveling for seminars, you know, I need to make it worth it because I'm away from my from my kids and my family, you know. And when I'm in my family, my kids, I'm there with them. You know what I mean? That's that's what I try to do. I I very much hear you and and feel the same way. And I think it's it's interesting to me. It's difficult to it's difficult to tell people (laughs) who haven't experienced it, and it sounds so condescending in a way. Yeah, yeah, you don't know, right? What what the feeling, and I think one of the things that surprised me because I think people said that to me before as a dad, they're like, "Oh, you know, the love you feel is just crazy," and blah blah blah. And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I'm a very empathetic person. I, I." pretty sure I understand how much love I'm going to have and then for me it was seeing the heartbeat on the um, on the scan the, 
I'll never forget it. It was like, that was the moment where my life just like, it was like some movie moment where you know, everything went into focus and it was like, shit. And it's all. just the intense <laughs> love that you suddenly, that's never stopped. You know, it's like, it just only grows and you have another kid. It's like, just grows again. It's like, I, I didn't think I could love any more than I loved oh. my first girl, Leonora. And then Matilda comes along. I'm like, oh, oh. I had all the same amount twice. <laughs> it's just insane. That's they, are, they are annoying as fuck, but I yeah. love them to death. Yeah. That's all it is. Man. Even when they're annoying, you're like, you come out and you, you sit at the end of the day and you're like, I say to my wife, like, we're like, oh God, you know, I can't believe that, like, blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, but, oh, my God, we, we, are, we have the best kids in the world, like, obviously. Like, that's it, that's <laughs> sure it. Every parent feels the same way. That's it's like, it. you know, it's just the intense kind of love and, and the change it makes to your, the way you factor everything. Like, you just said, it all makes sense. I, I love yeah, that. Everything because, makes sense. Because for me, it gave me, like, I felt like I had some purpose before. I, you know, I looked for purpose. I always wanted to be a dad, you know, so that was kind of pretty pretty cool for me anyway. But then, like, it's just cleared the purpose up completely. And I know you shouldn't live for your kids. I'm, I'm on board with that concept. But at the same time, I'm happy, whilst they're young and vulnerable as well, I'm happy to do just about everything I can to make, to try and path, uh, you know, create a path of opportunities for them and things where, where they have the best possible life they can have mm. and and for me that also includes like me coming here and doing jujitsu for example keeping need to fit, be your like, best self of course improving my own self to, to, to keep myself healthy and able to go home and be and that's what i was going to say that we, we go through fast, like if life catches up with everything you know you want to get better in your career you need to get better in your like imagine that you were champion in jujitsu mm -hmm. but you're not the world champion in life You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you treat people bad, that your house is a mess. And very often, most of the things are aligned, right? Mm -hmm. If you, to become our champion, it can be a sh it's very hard to be a shitty person and be a very successful in anything, right? It can happen, definitely. Yeah, yeah, people yeah. are people. You have shitty people everywhere. Or people can just make mistakes and have some flukes and whatever it is. It's life. Life is going to catch up with you, mm -hmm. right? And whatever. You, you want to build up more. You don't want to build up only, right? You want to be a world champion. You want to maybe have an education in something. You want to have a successful business or you want whatever it is. But in, through all these phases of your life, you can always have jiu-jitsu. Yeah as a workout, as a therapy, of being physically fit to take care of your family, to, to yeah. if it's for, you know, to be the, the, the mental, you know, clarity to, you know, understand some situation that you need to, because here is a very peaceful, peaceful place and things like that, but shit happens, you never know, right? Yeah, never, yeah, yeah, never, yeah. never know. It should be like, I'm not trying to be paranoid or anything, maybe because I have a different background, because I live with fighting every day and things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Right, and you leave a fight every day, and you go home and you have a baby girl, and you're just like, oh my god, it's so nice. It's good to keep the balance, right? So, through all the phases of life, and you see these a little bit from being here for so many years, right? And I, I, I believe that what my maybe probably that's what Libora sees on me a little bit. See these phases coming up, but you still have jujitsu. And one of I was just telling the guys, like one of my goals is to have a place that we're going to have some good quality jiu-jitsu, a good, good health environment, yeah. you know, even if I'm not here one day or if I'm away or if I'm not here for any reason, right, that people can always come back here. Yeah, you yeah, see yeah. people going back and forth, but very often people come back to training. Yeah. They come back, life happens, they have to fix what they have to fix, but I want people to know that I'll be always here or someone that they trust is going to be always here. Yeah. You know, if it's me, if it's Martin, if it's Alex or if it's Alvaro, 
people that are worshiping Fever in Bergen or Nick in Drummond, that we're going to have a place that people can always come back in any phase of their life. Yeah. Take that one half hour to throw shit at each other, try to strangle each other and learn and evolve. And once you step on the mat, there's no more like how much money you have in the bank, how much, which car you came driving here, it doesn't really matter. No. Right? Everybody's here to learn. Everybody's going to lose. Everybody's going to win. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you've got a good workout. You have something to think. You, 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 talk, you, you go after training. The guys are showering for an hour. <laughs> just talking, talking, talking before yeah, they go yeah, home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep the talk, keep the talk, keep the talk. You know, I have to talk for half an hour after training match and the match. They go to the shower, they keep talking there for half a day, stop in front of the cars there, <laughs> another hour downstairs here. Yeah. So so I I really want to make sure that you're always gonna have a place like this around. Yeah, I love that. You know? It's it's kind of like roots or an or an anchor. I think that's something which uh, in fact having moved around as much as I have, I've found that one of the challenges people are often you know uh, i don't know like my life has been amazing i've moved 22 times across countries and i've moved you know home a lot and uh, like i've had these incredible opportunities but one of the things i really lacked is roots and uh, an anchor Mm. anywhere you know i had the sport i was playing before which i played in a few different countries but it i lack that kind of secure anchor and I, I love what you're saying there because it, it, it makes sense it mm. does make sense and it makes sense because because it's not an intimidating place and it's a very welcoming place but it's a welcoming place in a framework that if you've been here a few times if you've trained you understand that framework so you come in you train you everyone's trying to be a bit better for themselves not in a selfish way but in a they're trying to improve so therefore by being a you know, you always partner up with someone, so you're helping that person. And they're helping you. You're sharing something there. Definitely. It's pretty special. I mm. love it. Usually, your best friends are the guys to go harder with. Yeah. Like, <laughs> go at it, and you kick each other, pulling, pushing, squeezing. That, that's your best friend. You know, that's the guy that you go harder with. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing I was going to mention as well is it because the, the parallel with kids and, 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 mm. and, the, and the, the way in which. Um, jiu-jitsu can help there is is the unpredictability the unpredictability of kids mm. is also what you you know like the things that will just throw up in the air and you alluded to that a little bit in the sort of the world generally like what could happen next and what you know where we are and and covid came around the corner and blindsided everybody but anything can happen and i think the resilience that you build through constantly learning and evolving like i think that's constant evolution is something which is a very important part of mm-hmm. the journey of jiu-jitsu that mm-hmm. you know that it's it's very incremental and that, and there's loads of books on it like you know atomic habits and stuff like these little habits you build that that, that contribute to the overall thing but jiu-jitsu is a very sort of obvious form of that because every lesson you have so Roy is always there that's yeah. the thing and that's how it should be in everything right it's so easy to fall back and, and you, if you fall back into this spirit you're just gonna you're just gonna stop evolving you're just gonna stop you're just gonna suck 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 and you're gonna be embracing this suck <laughs> until you, you you go through this you know yeah and that's that's how you're gonna go through 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 everything in life that's the thing <laughs> i love the it, yeah. embrace the suck you have to that's embrace <laughs> it you have to like 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 we say like we say this we all say that sometimes you're the hammer sometimes you're the nail right <laughs> and if when you're the nail hanging there it's just gonna make you stronger and you know make you harder there and once you're the hammer, just make sure to hit hard. 
Um, I, I wanted to ask, have you got a sort of, back to values a little bit, but more in mm. terms of the, like the life values, and, and have you got a motto or something that you live by or some life values or some sort of principles that you that guide your everyday? Like, and and I, I sort of ask that, and it's a very personal question, so if you mm-hmm. don't want to answer that, that's absolutely no, no. fine. Just have to think about so much in a way, right? Because I think to try to find this consistency and try to keep going through, like all the uh, like embracing the suck for example mm. you know that you know, like through all whatever if you say in competition achievements in competition achievements in in the business or whatever you know it been through a lot of crap mm. before that mm. Mm. before you get there right so understand this is part of the process i think that's what in relationships in whatever it is you have to go to some crap well i'm some people say like sometimes like some people say I mean yeah right I'm 16 years with my girl like she's beautiful we have two healthy kids and like she's a black belt I'm a black belt people look oh my god so nice so nice (laughs) Mm. it's hard as hell yeah but you make it through right hard as hell sometimes again the good that feels so good makes the bad feel so bad yeah 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 and you have to go through this and try to find that you know Get all the peaks and valleys, and try to you know, try to make it more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, and, and try to keep going. I think that's one thing that nowadays that's one thing that I that I'm trying to I work more with. You know, to understand that you know, for example, open the second location here. That before I used to walk ten minutes and be in the gym. I have to go keep going back and forth, back and forth. Pick up the kids, come back here, go back. I have to sacrifice a little bit of my training, my own training. You know, and keep going back and forth and so so forth. Mm-hmm. And I know it's gonna get better. I know that I'm doing this for a good purpose and it's going to get better and everybody's going to be happy here. Mm. I'm going to have a good, better places and can reach more people and we're going to have more kids out of the, out of the, street, the streets of Norway, you know? <laughs> because like, yeah, young people, young people everywhere. They yeah, need yeah, some yeah. direction. They need something to spend their energy on. They need some good health environment, you know, mix the, the young people with the with the veterans they have here, you know, to have some experiences. It's like, that. Yeah. that's it. Just one thing I did want to ask about was kind of the experience of, um, so you are the MMA and jiu-jitsu coach yes, for uh, the pro team mm-hmm. Frontline, which includes this UFC fighter, Jack the Joker Hermanson, who is crazy, and I, I'm a big fan. <laughs> so uh, I was just interested because you are standing there on the mat in the octagon mm-hmm. when he's won, and he's sort of giving you props and things, and I'm like, that must be the strangest experience. Like, that must be a super cool experience, but also extremely strange because you've come from the jiu-jitsu background but then UFC obviously has been come an enormous sort of sport and, and yeah right but jiu-jitsu was always <clears throat> because one way to promote jiu-jitsu all the times was going to these kind of fights right yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how jiu-jitsu after Royce Royce right, fought right, there right? right so right, he right, showed his yeah. jiu-jitsu to the world how jiu-jitsu is effective basically to work so everybody knows jiu-jitsu now yeah uh, and <clears throat> Coming from Carson Grace Academy, it was a school of fighters. Everybody's fighting Vale Tudo. A lot of people are fighting Vale Tudo. I, my jiu-jitsu that I grew up learning was a lot of like Vale Tudo oriented as well, self-defense oriented. Vale Tudo is like everything goes in a way. Okay. It's a Brazilian okay. word. Okay. They've come Vale Tudo and there was no holds barrel, barrel, right? They yeah, call yeah. And then became MMA afterwards. Right. Mixed right, martial right. arts. Okay. So, <clears throat> 
So valetudes like everything goes. They would make a rule like, okay, no fish hooks, no poking the eyes or no biting, whatever, you know. So I myself, so I also, especially see in the beginners class, I always try to relate at least a little bit into self-defense, all yeah. the techniques, right? In the beginning, to understand where it's coming from. So from a fight perspective, that's what would happen. So if there's no strikes here, that's how we're going to work. So I try to put a lot of self-defense in the, in the game, how to be, how to defend, because that's a big part of jiu-jitsu, to defend yourself, to know how to, yeah. you know, walk back home, basically. Even if it's like, if you make jiu-jitsu stepping back and saying, okay, yeah. that's jiu-jitsu, man. If you step back and say, okay, man, just move on, I move on, sorry, that's jiu-jitsu as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and then pride came. And then when Brazilian top team was there, it was all the pride fighters were there. And then we had this fight with Shooty Box. It was another big team in Brazil. So I can say a lot of names, but most of the Brazilian fighters there were fighting pride. They were training in the same room that I was teaching, right, right. <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu. And I was training with them. You know, I was sparring with them. I was grappling with them. And most of the guys, I was training with them since they trained with the Gi. They were training jiu-jitsu, they were doing jiu-jitsu competitions, you know? So I was always, and Murilo Bustamante was the, one of my, the guy that was taking care of me since together with Libor, and I give two little credits for him. He's also a legend. Was, he was a UFC champion, first middleweight yeah, UFC champion, right. yeah, you know? Yeah. The Brazilian. Uh, so he was involved in UFC and Pride and all of that. Minotauro, Nogueira, Zé Mauro Spey, Paulo Filho, Ricardo Aruna. I keep, keep naming people here that, you, that was going there. Right, anyway, so I was always involved in this kind of fight as well, right? And and then we involved in MMA, and then we come up to a guy like Jack, right? That is, I consider him like I'm also a fan of him, like as a friend and as a teacher. That's that's the student that every teacher wants to have, yeah, yeah. right? But you talk about Jack Emerson, so you, you see him there now, but Jack is a guy that he was there every day from the beginning. He, he, basically, he, he couldn't, he almost couldn't grapple, let's say this, right? Mm -hmm. Compared to what he does, of course, he's been working. But he's the guy that learned, and he did his homework, and he comes back, and he unlocked that door inside of himself, and he does his homework, and he does his research, and he studies, and he trains, and we work together. You know, it's not only me. He has a big part of it as well. Yeah. And also, Mosom Bahari that works with me, that's, that guy's a mastermind of MMA, yeah. right? If it wasn't for him either, we wouldn't have this, this success. No. So me working with, with Mosom and Jack and all the guys in the team, Kenneth Berg, MMA, uh, Martin Hamlet, and all the other guys that are there, like the lightweight guys and like... That they're training there every day. Uh, you have Asbjorn, you have different people here. Sander and like, there's a bunch of people training. Yeah. Anyway, Simeon that is here, Simeon was big, good training partner, Hocon Foss. So you can, you can name people that been through, yeah. but he was always consistent, right? And I've seen Jack losing weight because he didn't have, didn't have money to buy food. Yeah, that's he crazy. lived in the gym for some, 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 some weeks, you know? He used to he used to work in the pet shops. He used to work in the reception of the academy. He used to put his training and fight. He used to teach some classes. Yeah, everything at the same time. I don't think he dropped. I don't think he let go his job in the pet shop uh, before he signed with the UFC. So he was a cage warrior champion. He was fighting blah blah blah, blah. and he was working the pet shop. He was working the receptions. He was teaching some classes and so so forth until he could actually 
get some condition to just train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So people don't see everything that is being true. Coming from Sweden, coming to a new place, yeah. getting to, to make it, right? Got finding to a right place, you know? So he's like, like I, like I said, like when he got, when he fought David Branch and in two weeks he was going to fight, two or three weeks he was going to fight Jacare. Yeah. I came to the academy. He was fixing the academy for the people, for the guys to come and train. You know, he was fixing everything, fixing some things. Nah, I'm here, I'm fixing some things. I'm stretching. And then I got a fight. I got a new fight. I'm going to fight Jacare. You know, a lot of people just like, I'm going to rest and I'm going to come there because I have a fight coming up. So he's the guy that's there. That was yeah. there. And he's there. At, like, he's a, for me nowadays, he's not the best one of the best representatives of the MMA that you can have in Ori or in the world yeah, yeah, yeah. because he's such a sweet guy he can open his mouth he can speak he can like and he's like he looks good he he, he gets the results you know he can like I said you know how I'm gonna make MMA popular it doesn't matter if you're the, the, the champion of UFC you know in Ori mm. you have to go to Scavidanza or something like that, you know, this dance with the stars, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, you know, because yeah, yeah. there's going to be people's parents watching him, you know, and they, yeah, maybe they're yeah. going to put the scene of him in the cage and then he get embarrassed dancing, you know, yeah, and so yeah, and yeah. then he's going to open his mouth and you're going to see the sweetheart of a guy that he yeah. is, you know, yeah, yeah. he's the guy that he's, he's here for everybody, he's here for me, he's here for his teammates, he's here for himself, yeah. right, so he's really the mentality of a champion, like if you see the mentality of a champion, that's him, he's been no, through hard man. times, he's been through losses, he's been through wins and he keeps working, and we have a deal that we're going to go for that belt. That's it. Yeah. Right? So we've been working for, I don't know, 12 years or something together. And he's still my white belt. <laughs> he never, never pulled him for the belt <laughs> because he never trained with the gear. He's still my white belt. But his grappling level, just like any special grappling for MMA, when you put the MMA, you put the hand coming in, the transitions that we build, he, we build up there, he build up himself. Uh, like it is amazing. Well, I'm you know? glad he's not training in the so, white belt class. And if <laughs> and if he was, and if he was in the UFC, if he was in the cage, or if it was one event, man, he's the guy that would gladly stand by his side mm. anytime, mm. right? Like many other guys, many a lot of most of the people here, all the people here. Mm. You know, once you have a team like this, it doesn't matter. I go to the UFC and I also go to a small show. With one of my jujitsu guys that want to train some MMA, I go there with them. Yeah. If I have the chance and I go there, I stand there with them the same way that I'm going to stand with Jack. Yeah. Being the UFC, being in the backyard, I don't care. If it's a fight, we're there and we make it happen. Yeah. That's what it is. That's so cool. And yeah, I mean, I can tell, I watched some of the vlog series, which was yeah. <laughs> brilliant, actually. It was really interesting to get that sort of behind the scenes. So anyone who hasn't seen that is well worth, well worth checking out. It's like it gets to follow you guys all in uh, Fight Island and stuff. Fight that Island, so, yeah. Looked, Fight uh, Island, incredible. Vegas, Houston, when he got COVID in Houston, we got oh, yeah. quarantined in the house yeah, and yeah. he fought, that's it positive for COVID so he fought like maybe 20% 30% people feel like shit when they have COVID and he went to the cage there when he had COVID that's crazy you know like that you know that is amazing <laughs> so that guy can dig deep he's a like he's a true definition of a fighter so you talked just then about sort of promoting the sport and you talked about promoting MMA and I, I can t I can see why MMA has a challenge in terms of promotion especially to younger people because mm. parents are going to look at that and go well i don't really want my kids to you know end up looking like nate diaz did after yeah <laughs> yeah know, that's the side of it yeah pouring all down his face and stuff. um however you know the, the sort of the beautiful art of learning and improving and that self-improvement i mean i haven't gone into the mma part 
for a similar reason to not, not because I'm uh, anti MMA at mm. all. It's more that I feel like I'm older and I've done boxing in the past, and yeah, it cool. doesn't. It's not super fun to get hit in the face. No. So like, exactly. <laughs> I'm learning enough with jujitsu to keep me uh, fit and and feeling like I'm See, improving. So. People, you can also back to jujitsu. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. You know. But but in terms of the, the sort of promotion of it, because I'm interested, I feel like there's a, a big opportunity now, especially with the way the sport's going, to, to start getting kids more involved um, and at younger ages. When I was a kid, I think you, know, you said mm -hmm. the same, it was karate, and I think it was because of the karate kid, probably. Like, that had a huge influence on... Yeah, on Bruce Lee, the, karate kid, everything. Yeah, yeah Bruce Lee as well. But I, I think Bruce Lee was sort of, for me at least, was kung fu. It kung was like, fu, it yeah. was this... It was sort of like a, a mystery of like, and then no one around me was doing kung fu. Whereas karate, for some reason, was in it was an option yeah. for the after school activity or whatever. So I was wondering, like, what work do you think needs to be done, and how, like, uh, you know, what opportunities are there to help encourage parents to think about mm -hmm. getting their kids involved? Because in for me, my two girls. For sure, I'm going to end up doing jujitsu. For sure, like, and maybe not right now. One of them's a bit too young, I think, uh, just at the moment. And but at some point, they're going to be trying to like, learn yeah. how to use a scooter. You know, the spark is <laughs> yeah, so yeah. That, that's the priority right now. But, but, but I really want them to learn because, I, for me, the body confidence they that they will get, especially you know, I don't want to be sexist or anything, but especially for girls to learn just to get that confidence to defend themselves Definitely. and things. I think it's so important um, because. It, it, as you said, it's, it gives you the confidence to sort of walk away from a fight as well, but also to understand that if I'm walking away and I get rushed, I have an option. I have something I can pull out the bag, like to, to try, Definitely, right? And, for sure. You know, and I think that type of thing is is super, super powerful. And and just knowing that actually is probably going to help them prevent future dangerous situations. So. I'm a massive fan of kid learning and I look at it and I'm like, I look around for it and I'm like, it's, there's a couple of options here in Oslo, for example, but it's they're too far away from where I am or like getting them from school or their, their kindergarten up to the wherever is too difficult. So I'm wondering what, what your thoughts are. So in a way, my viewpoint about it is that it's not about jujitsu only, it's about all martial arts, right? Right. If you find a good school of martial arts, they should be teaching the same values. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Right, so what's important is to go to a good school. Uh, if it's like Wando, if it's like at least to, to start. So the values of the martial arts, I think that's what's very important for me. And of course, there's a little bit more contact for them to roughen up a little bit. That's beautiful. Like I love judo. I love like uh, I love judo and I love jujitsu. And and of course, all this. If it's a taekwondo class, or if it's a karate class, or if it's a kapura, whatever, right? For them to understand this. And again, for example. For a girl, for example, to have this experience to be on the mat and understand how far can she go to confront a man, mm. right? Mm. Doesn't matter. My girl, she's a black belt, world champion and things like that. And that gave her, for example, the knowledge to know, okay, there's a guy right there. If he wants to, bad intentions, he wants to try to be violent, she knows how hard it is to try to contain someone. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, in a way? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So even in this point, to, again, humble yourself in a way, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got humble all the time. So, so what's happening now, I think it took like all this time, for example, all this time that I've been here, 16 years that I've been here, you know, to do this work. So now, basically, I've been training some kids of people that have been training with me before. That's correct. Right? And then the words start to go. So I have my kids from my daughter trains. 
since she was three years old. She was always on the mat with me because, yeah. yeah. Well, that's no surprise. Right. So, she, so, so <laughs> my daughter trains. She somewhat was, destined, unfortunately. Since she was like two, three years old, she's been training. And for her, it's normal. She yeah. Two times a week, she takes her gear from school and we go to training. That's fine. She plays and things like that. That's okay. And then, for example, now, some was the word in the kindergarten. So some of the kids start from the kindergarten and then some of these kids from school start to work. So I think it's more the word spreading now because now the kids are people that used to train. Yeah. And like this mouth to mouth because I think that if you don't know jiu-jitsu, man, like when you look at that, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You see two people grab each other, you know, <laughs> like and you don't, don't really understand what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for example, but once you try it, you love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what. I, that, that's one of my goals that everybody's coming to the door, right? They don't really know what you. Maybe they have an idea, but they never tried in a way. But they tried a little bit, so you have to to understand, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to make you love that, on that that first class at least, yeah. you know, at least you have a different impression that that boring. Okay, that if you watch a jujitsu match, you're like, okay, what, what's going on, you know? Judo, you know that someone takes goes down. Wrestling, you know someone goes down. One is on top, the other one's on bottom, right? And you think the guy on bottom is losing, you just suddenly the guy on bottom is submitting the guy on top. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what happened? You know, and the guy on bottom loses, oh, wins. What is that? The guy on top loses. What's going on? The guy is like, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, people yeah. need to, you need to bring this understanding to to the people in a way. So I feel like again, it's gonna take some time. It's gonna take some time for people to understand MMA, right? But MMA kind of like gets a little bit more attention, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So a lot of people walk in here to train MMA and end up falling back to the striking program or the grappling program in the, mm. in the gym. You know? Because yeah. if you if you say, no, I want to train MMA, but if you never have, if you don't have any backgrounds in martial arts, you know, yeah. don't don't get me wrong, we have a very good uh, MMA program here with Simeon. Yeah, very yeah. good, like, and you had to work on yeah, it. Nowadays, that. we had to, nowadays we have a, but much more before, it was like, I want to train MMA. So if you have like one half hour to, warm up, learn how to strike, how to grapple, how to wrestle, you know, how to know the rules, the cage. Yeah. All the elements, you know. So you end up like not learning anything very well. And I think that there are people who are taking it really seriously. I met one, one I'm going to call him a kid. <laughs> he's, I think he's 19, 20. So yeah, to me, he's a he's kid. A kid. <laughs> uh, very nice guy. And uh, I think he's called Navid. Uh, uh, he, he came in. I was in one of his first jiu-jitsu classes in Meisterton, but... Then, like, the next week I came back and he'd been, I think, every single day. Nice. Like, two lessons a day or something. I'm like, oh, I have to have the time, first of all, to do that. But, <laughs> but also, he does the MMA classes, I think, here as well, or at least definitely. Nice. Once you catch the bug, man, you, yeah, you get in there. Yeah, he's training all the time, though, and he's like, uh, yeah, he's got high aspirations. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we, we trained again. We met, this was like six months, seven months later. Right? We met again, we trained, and he's much smaller than me. So I kind of have that weight advantage, but... <laughs> <laughs> he still crushed me. Nice. <laughs> so it was like, oh, great. 19, nice. 20 year old guy. But I mean, at the end of the day, is how much you know, how much you yeah, learn. Yeah, you know, yeah, that, yeah. that's it's how fine. it is. You have to learn, learn. That's what I said. Oh, what should I do? Okay, lift weights is going to help, right? Eating better is going to help, and things yeah. like that. But learn, learn, learn. Yeah. Everything has to work together. No, I love it. I, I love the getting squashed because mm -hmm. every now and then I manage to get out and surprise someone by getting out or I that's escape it, or, you know, like, or, or even sometimes submit now. And it's like, that's really cool for me. So in a way, that's part of like, in the beginner's class, the beginner's course that you have now, everybody kind of gets, getting up, kind of getting the, the, the evolution together in a way, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. 
But yes, so point, and then you jump into a class that's a different levels, you know. I think that part of the process is that first you start to get your ass kicked. And then you start to handle yourself a little bit and defend yourself. Sometimes you defend yourself and then you have one attack or one yeah, escape. Yeah. You start to defend yourself, escape. Defend yourself, escape, and put one attack. And then suddenly it's like you start to go back and forth, right? So this is kind of part of the process to yeah, go yeah, through yeah. to the learning curve there. That, that's, part of, that's part of it. I had a great moment the other day, actually. I have to tell you this. It's... Uh... <laughs> So the poor guy, I didn't realize it was his first week. I didn't realize that. And so we were going up against each other. And not that I'm super experienced, but I was like, I now do have ways to attack. So I just was like crushing him. And I was like, what, what, why is this happening? And then he said to me, it's like, this is my third day or something. I'm right. Like, oh, well. See, because you know more than him. Yeah. But like I said, like, <laughs> I was people like for me, because I'm like, I still consider myself completely <laughs> novice but uh, it was a nice moment to be like oh I've got something <laughs> that's it but that's how it is that's how it is for example even to, to these days it's different to like I told, even told this to my black person and everything you know it's different for you to grapple with someone that knows how to grapple yeah. and to grapple with someone that doesn't know how to grapple so many different tweaks and, and moves and reactions that you need yeah. to get used to so I say from time to time get a white belt yeah. You know, let them try. So you have to work a little bit different, and then you teach them. You start bringing them to the game, and you try to beat them with more or less what they know. You know more or less what the white belts are learning, right? So you're not gonna point it in fancy that you know, yeah. catch them in their mistakes, give them some tips, and try to work some basic techniques on them so they see how it works. Yeah, you know. And I see that because as well, a lot of the people come back to train the basics. So yeah, you got you know, definitely higher belts. I love the basics. Back into the basics. At the end of the day. When the shit's going down, what's going to save your ass is the fundamentals. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what it is. Okay. I, that, I, I think we should wrap up now. <laughs> I wanted to um, give you a chance to sort of promote anything you wanted to promote, to put out a message that you want to put out. I mean, you've got, you've got a lot of things going on, but like what, if, if it's not promotion, then advice. Advice to uh, younger people coming into this sport or to your kids in the future if they ever mm-hmm. listen to their dad on uh, on podcasts <laughs> I don't know I don't know about advices or or, or what would it be you know like maybe you should just give it a try and try to understand uh, a little bit and again my advice would be to try to find a good school a good place that you feel comfortable with if mm. you don't feel comfortable here find a place that you feel comfortable understand that's a lot of bad places and bad people and 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 in every area, right? So as long as you're comfortable in a good place and you think that you're, it's a good fit for you, right? Doesn't matter what people say to go here or there, that's better, right? Because I trust what I do here. I know the product that I have in a way. And if you don't feel comfortable here, if you don't feel home, if you don't feel that's what it is for you, please let me know that I'm going to try to adjust and, and all of that. Not only for you, because might have more people feeling like that but we're trying to improve it all the time right that's one of our goals here to have a safe environment with good quality of training good quality of techniques and jiu-jitsu and 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 try to make people evolve not only jiu-jitsu and try to use this as a a mirror for life in a way all these all these as i said corny attacky things that we talk these things that we can relate to life right life's gonna catch you sometime like someone's gonna catch your neck sometimes and someone at some time they're gonna try to take something from you and you're gonna have to choke that guy out <laughs> that's what it is you know that that's what it is and and i mean give it a try if, if it, like people say this is for everyone you know 
Jiu-Jitsu is for everyone, but not everyone is for Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, maybe, that's true. Maybe that's you're true. into something else. But whatever it is, find something that you love, a place that you like to be, you know, and embrace the suck and, <laughs> and go through that, you know, <laughs> and keep like Libório said, my teacher, you know, you have to keep punching the clock, whatever it is that you love, that you're doing, that you you, you have a, that gut feeling that's there, you come back the next day, come yeah. back again. Yeah. Through sun, shine, snow, come back again and make it happen, you know. And that's what he says today, like going back to like, Quickly going back, like Holy Body, like inspired me and, and like made me believe in myself and things like that. Because I got him in a point that he was still training a lot, competing and working, and and the passion for Jesus that he had, and and I've seen him sacrificing so much in in, in the name of Jiu-Jitsu, you know, like yeah. in the name of training and getting better, and like and to be honest, what I've seen that guy doing in the mat, he was one of the best guys I've ever seen rolling on the mat you guys have people have no idea what I've seen that guy doing in training you know and he was still learning he was still trying to learn he was still teaching me he was still teaching like me and a bunch of kids I'm not the only one that's that's got out of that generation that you took care of yeah. right I have a bunch of friends that we still like brothers to these days you know and they're all because of him that's good. and we all like it and All my friends are successful. They either have a gym, they're successful in their careers, or everybody, you know, from that people that Libório put under their, their, his wings. Yeah. You know, to his leadership, to his example, to his, you know, words, to his, he would be on the mat there with us and bringing us to the tournaments and working with us for for a lifetime, you know? Sounds like an excellent role model and I'm all for positive role models he's, in life. He's the uh, best. Tata, you seem like a great role model yourself and I really appreciate everything you're doing here in Oslo for Frontline Academy for the jiu-jitsu scene and, thank you, and, Nick. and appreciate the border you, fight scene. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak Thank you, me. thank you. Super cool. Anytime you want to do it again, we do it. No problem. Yeah, thanks like so much, it. man. All right, I'll see you on the mat. See you soon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks for listening. For those still here, uh, if you're still here, please do review it. Uh, it would be really useful to me. Um, I, I, I haven't really pushed too hard with these podcasts. Uh, it's been a personal project so far, but I figure why not ask? Um, yeah, if, you, if you've got a chance to review or rate on, uh, on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you're using, that would be super useful. Thank you so much, and I'll see you in the next episode.